0: So, like I said, I purchased my first single family property, 23 years old, just got my first job. I bought it for $80,000, but I knew I had a good deal when I
1: bought it. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey.
2: Hey, welcome back it is sarah Larby. excited to have you for another episode of where should i invest i hope you guys are enjoying this weather despite everything that's happening around us we've got to look at the positive and uh, for those of you that know me well i absolutely hate winter and uh, when it's warm like this i love it so if this could be summer You know, weather or May weather until I would say September all year, anywhere between May and September, I could uh, I could live here year round and not even complain. But some of you guys know this part of the reason that I love real estate is it gets me one step closer to not have to deal with winters in Canada. So once we can travel again, of course. So today's guest is DJ Hume. He's a real estate investor and he is out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And sometimes I like to bring you guys different guests from you know, the U.S. Or, or wherever so that you can get some insights from them. And just keep in mind, obviously, the U.S. and Canada is quite different when it comes to financing, legal stuff, and then also taxes. So, you know, just look for those discrepancies. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. But um, he's super successful. He's been investing in, in real estate for just over four years owns about $5 million worth of assets, and he's only 27. He's been featured in top 100 people in real estate. So lots of great things. We talk about some concerns regarding the pandemic, different market insights, and why invest in multifamily versus single family. So DJ Hume, super great guy, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And by the way, if you haven't yet, feel free to go and download my free markets fundamental which is on my website. And you can see the things that I look for in order to pick a market. And if you have any other questions, send me an email, sarah at sarahlarby.com. Oh, and by the way, guys, for those of you that don't know, The Right Club is now online. So check out the forums, check out all of the content, therightclub.com as well. I think you guys will enjoy that. So let's get on with the show. DJ, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. I'm actually super excited to have you. And, uh, and we were actually talking before we started recording. And I'm like, you know what, I have to pause it because we've got some great content. And I really want to be able to record some of the stuff. So usually, you know, we start by how did you get into real estate and blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to switch it up. And then we'll get into that. Because right now we are in the midst of this craziness with COVID-19 and as real estate investors, we've got some, uh, some concerns or some opportunities. And, uh, and so I just wanted to record some of that conversation that you and I are having, and then we'll get into how you got into real estate and all that good stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Yeah. So it's, uh, it's getting crazy where I'm at. I'm here in Ohio. Absolutely. So,
2: so what's happening in Ohio right now?
0: So, um, We, let's see, we shut down the schools uh, last week, this week, or just yesterday, we shut down all the restaurants. So you can only do carry out and take out. Uh, I mean, jobs, I think are being lost left and right, right now, unfortunately. Um, You know, for example, my girlfriend, she works in a hotel and they just, uh, they just let go about 85% of their salary staff. Wow. So uh, there's all kinds of things going on right now. So can't really make of it because we're so early in all of this going on. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Canada just closed its borders. So unless you live or you're a permanent resident of Canada, you are not coming into the the country just to visit. And mm-hmm. uh, and you know, my gym closed, and everything that's non-essential is is starting to close. You were talking about the restaurants as well on your end, right? Restaurants are yeah.
0: To- restaurants i mean uh, uh, all kinds of stuff just about if there's anything any social gathering aspect at all it's closed
2: yeah we had um a right club like we were gonna have like our our big anniversary because we do real estate education meetings every single month so we have like anywhere between 200 to 300 investors that come out we're gonna have to do it virtually this time around on march
0: Uh, 26th oh my gosh and you know what i realized like we're all stuck at home working from home pretty much And it's what everyone's talking about and other when you like it's the only thing on the news and everything seems so negative that I almost try not to watch the news because you get so worried and so worked up about what's happening on like an hourly or minute basis that you forget that like, hey, we still have a life to live, right? We're gonna go on either way. And then we still need to like refocus on uh, you know, what my job is or my real estate. I need to stay focused on that. I'll stay in tune with that, but like I can't let that consume my life right now
2: yeah it, it is it is pretty hard too. as like we're talking about it on the podcast <laughs> you're gonna you're yeah. gonna hearing it probably from your family when they call you and we're all hibernating in a the, in the way at home and uh, everyone's kind of afraid to uh, be in social settings or even yeah. just do anything really so at some point like it hasn't I don't think it's so bad yet I don't I think it's still gonna get worse before it gets better unfortunately
0: yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like, I, I don't know, but just my feeling on all of this is that we are at the infancy of a lot of things that are, you know, a lot of dominoes that are about to fall. And, you know, people getting sick is just going to be one of many other dominoes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't even think, because we have the flu every year. It's just a really bad flu. And, you know, granted, like more people are, are dying. It's unfortunate. But the Everything around it scares me more. The whole economy and businesses getting affected. You know, I still work full time, and we've completely reduced our forecast like dramatically. And our businesses and their customers—they're sending everybody everybody home. So, like, we are. This is this is a bigger economic issue, and and the longer it goes on for, the worse it's going to get.
0: Yeah, I mean, the economy is built off of transactions at the end of the day, and. Almost overnight, that has pretty much stopped, right? No one is doing any transactions, any deals you had in the pipeline have probably stopped. Everyone's focused on this. So it takes a while for the economy to actually catch up to what's happening now. So I'm afraid to see what's going to happen in two, three, six months from now when we all get caught up with this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I was talking to some investors as well because it's it's also important to to look at the you know we are in real estate. We're talking about real estate and this podcast is on real estate and uh, and what to do as a real estate investor or how to plan for these types of things. And you were saying that you plan for something like this all along. And so I want to talk about that. But this could be a great opportunity before things get too crazy and out of hand to go and refinance if you can refinance before things get more difficult. Like I know they're already super bogged down. I was talking to was texting with my mortgage broker cause I'm doing a couple refis right now. And she's like, it's probably going to take like a little bit extra
0: time. Like we're looking at three mm-hmm. weeks
2: <laughs> instead of maybe one to just to get somebody yeah. out there. Um, yeah. Everyone's got the same idea.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a refinance right now. We're just getting the appraisal back. So hopefully that comes back with some really good rates and we can refinance that open up some cash. Um, so that's always great to have on hand, especially in a scenario like this. But, you mentioned about you know the potential of what could happen in real estate in the coming months and the uh, economic opportunity for us investors. So everyone listening, depending on where, wherever you're at in real estate, I've been telling all my students this, is if you have been thinking about investing in real estate and um, you've been putting it off for whatever reason, start getting educated right now on how to invest in real estate. One of the best opportunities, in my opinion, to purchase real estate is going to be coming up in the near future. I don't know exactly when, but it's going to be here very, very soon. And you want to be ready to go. Like you want to know, be learning, know what to look for, what to invest in, because this is going to look probably similar to the 08 crisis.
2: You know what, and you bring a great point because this is where a lot of people are gonna be waiting on the sidelines and then it's gonna be too late because they're still gonna be waiting on the sideline when it starts to go up again. But we've had an insane market in Ontario. That's where I live near Toronto and Oakville. But even just Southwestern Ontario, like it's just been multiple offers, multiple offers. It's hard to find cash flow deals. You can still find them, but you gotta go out further. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is gonna be a great opportunity not to have to compete with like 20 other people on the same deal. Tons of great opportunities. This is where it's good to have cash ready to be able to buy though.
0: Yeah. Warren Buffett said it best. He said, be greedy when others are fearful. So um, I'm just kind of, we're being patient. We're still looking at properties. We're not ready to pull the trigger just because we don't know what's going to happen, but we're still actively looking at properties, making relationships, kind of setting those seeds. So when something does happen, there are going to be a lot of people that have to sell because they they did a deal that they shouldn't have. They paid too much. They don't have the cash flow. Um, and us as investors, this is an opportunity to capitalize on that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think regardless, though, like whatever happens, this is probably we're going to feel it a little bit more than SARS. And I don't you know, oh, wait, we didn't actually feel it as much as you guys in, in Canada. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens because we're going to be in quarantine for, you know, I don't know, maybe a, another little bit. And then it's going to go away. But the economy and the effects of that is still going to stay. And so, you know, what is that going to look like? And I think if you bought on the fundamentals and if you bought on understanding, you know, how to run the cash flow numbers and low vacancy rates, where there's supply and demand that work for you and, and in your market that you're in, it's a lot better than having somebody say, I'm going to buy a $500,000 condo and have to pay a tenant to, to rent it for another 500 out of my own pocket. So that's speculation. And, and you know, unfortunately, this is where a lot of people get hurt at this,
0: this point in time. Yeah, that that is kind of what I've built my last uh, my last four years of investing in real estate has all been built off of really running worst case scenario first, and I've been preparing for something like this. You can always you can never be all the way prepared for it because you don't know what to expect. But I've known at some point the market has to tip, and we're right there, um, which is okay. And you know there might be some investors that are really worried out there because they bought too high, but. For me, I'm thinking all my properties, I not only have six months worth of reserves sitting there, so if, if it goes to zero, I can pay out of my reserves for the next six months. But not only that, I just need to keep a 50% vacancy in all my apartments, and I can still have the tenants pay for all the expenses and hold that property. Because when we contract in a market like this, it's all about who can keep your assets at that point.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and having reserves per property or per asset is going to help you because at some point, especially in this, and no one would have really predict- predicted that it would be, I mean, so there's always ups and downs, right? But a downward cycle and at the same time, everybody is in quarantine. Like, I don't know if anyone could have actually predicted that the tenants may not be able to pay as well because they cannot go to work physically everywhere globally. Yeah. potentially, and then a market crash.
0: Yeah, I I could have never guessed it, uh, right? Uh, all these people losing their jobs all at once—that's not something you could ever predict. We just see this in movies, but you know, uh, we'll never be able to predict the future. But the the goal is to just be prepared to the best of our ability. Absolutely. So that's that's what we focused on. That's why um, you know I think that we're all worried on what's going to happen, but I still have enough cash flow to cover everything be yeah, at 50% occupancy. Um, so we'll see what, we'll see what the future holds,
2: but it's good that you could, you've actually ran those numbers and you're like, if I have 50% occupancy, I'm still able to cover everything. Cause not a lot of people can say that.
0: Yeah. That was, I mean, that was the big thing is, you know, what if like, how many tenants do I need to actually get in here just to pay the bills? That's one of the biggest things I need to know. Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. like even when I started, I uh, started with single families. I always thought, okay, my bills are 700 bucks on this property. If I make 800 bucks, I'm killing it. And unfortunately, uh, you're, you're dependent on one tenant. And when that tenant leaves and you only have a small margin, when that tenant leaves, you're stuck paying that bill. Um, and that's not why you got into real estate to begin with. So I, I think when you run a property in the standpoint of when you purchase it, What's the worst case scenario? What could happen? Um, and you have enough cash flow to cover all that. I mean, that's where I really think that it's so important for investors to understand how to do that before they even get into real estate. Because you just start purchasing properties, and you might be on the right track in a good market, and you might have been doing really well. But then one little blip on the radar like this, mm-hmm. and it all comes crumbling so fast.
1: And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
2: Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors and Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single-family purchases, and the list goes on.
2: That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go?
1: They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at the right club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing.
2: Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show.
1: And now back to the show.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but I would just say at the end of the day, like I don't think it's necessarily a time to panic. I wouldn't say panic yet. Anyways, like you know, if it lasts a year, and <laughs> maybe it's going to be a lot worse if everyone's yeah. for a year. But you know, if it's a few weeks, in five years we'll look at it as like a little blip in the system and something that you know we went through that we learned from. And some of us may have you know some great opportunities in mm-hmm. times like this to uh, to invest and to yeah. buy a discounted pricing or to buy some great opportunities or get some, you know, something where there's more VTB opportunities of under take back. So there's tons of, you know, Mm -hmm. good opportunities for those that that go out and seek it. And, you know, fear, fear is not your friend.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing, like here in the U S everyone's been coming together and even, so I have a couple uh, apartments that I'm renting right now. Luckily I have tenants that are going into them, but, I had this overflow of all these other people that were looking for properties. So I'm actually leveraging opening up to uh, people that I would consider my, you know, competitors. I'm saying, Hey, I have the slew of tenants that are looking for property. What do you need filled? Because everyone's going to be struggling. So I'm looking to help them out right now. And I think that will pay dividends, you know, over the next coming months, years, whatever that is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Very true. So, I want to take a step back now and, uh, and just ask you about how you got started in real estate investing and, and just dig into your background a little bit. Cause you know, it seems like you've, you've got yourself in a good spot uh, mm-hmm. for the ups and for the downs, but how did this all come about initially?
0: Sure. So a little bit of my background right now. So I'm 27 years old. I bought my first property, uh, single family when I was 23, but investing in real estate in my, uh, you know, started long before that for me. Um, I went to school, uh, a small school in Grand Rapids called Davenport University. And I uh, played hockey and lacrosse up there. And there was, a, there was a parent that always came to our games on the weekends. So we'd play on like a Saturday or Sunday. But the dad would always come on like a Wednesday or Thursday. He'd always take a bunch of us out and having a good time, spending all this money. I'm like, what does this guy do? So turns out he's in real estate. And I'm like, all right, I don't know, I don't know anything about real estate, but I want to be able to do that. So I just saw the freedom, and you know, he had all this money, and I was like, whatever it is, I'm doing that. So that's when I started to look into real estate and understand real estate. I read a bunch of books, did a lot of googling, education, things like that uh, while I was in school. So I knew that coming out of school, I wanted to be in real estate in some way, shape, or form. I wasn't exactly sure. So like I said, I purchased my first single-family property, uh, 23 years old. Just got my first job, I bought it for $80,000, but I knew I had a good deal when I bought it. This was a property that was probably worth 120 as is, sitting there, but I knew I had to put in some sweat equity. So, uh, put in some sweat equity for about a year, lived in it, fixed it up, fixed up the bathroom, the kitchen, um, didn't know anything about how to fix up property, so I had YouTube in one hand and a hammer in the other. And that is how I initially got into real estate. And through that, I've been, you know, the last four, maybe five years, going on five years now, been able to scale that. It was initially single family for the first uh, four or five acquisitions. And then the last two years, I've flipped that into multifamily.
2: Okay, amazing. So now that you're in multifamily and you've got, I I think I was reading two buildings, how did you go ahead and acquire those, and uh, and why did you get into multifamily?
0: So uh, it really became because when I was doing single families, I was doing really well in them. But I would go and buy a property, and then it took forever to either get more cash or whatever I or if I needed to fix it up. And I would have all my focus on there. So it ended up taking so long to acquire the next property. I'm like, all right, I need to change this formula up. I need to move faster in some way, shape, or form. So. I started looking at all these like other ways to invest, and I came across multifamily. I always thought that I needed to like have all kinds of money and you know be some you know guy who had like millions and millions of dollars. But the more I dug into it and learned about, it, I realized that that's not really the case. So I studied multifamily properties for about a year and a half, um, and then um, I was ready to pull the trigger. So I looked for about eight months, I probably looked at 50 plus multifamily properties. I had no idea what I was talking about. Just listened to like uh, what, what the words are, just acting like I knew everything. And that's also, you know, boots on the ground. I learned a lot that way. But my first deal is uh, an eight unit here in Cincinnati, Ohio, downtown. And I did a syndication deal with a couple people, uh, a couple investors, and I had to prove to them that I knew what I was doing. So Um, if I was going to take someone else's money, I need to make sure I knew what I was doing. So did a lot of practice underwriting prior to getting that deal. So when I actually had that deal and knew it, uh, it was literally right next door to where I lived at the time, uh, was on the market for about three hours. I had it under contract right after that. Nice. That's awesome. So how much was that property? Uh, that property was $790,000. Okay. And,
2: uh, and how much is it worth after you've, I'm guessing you, you refinanced it. You, you essentially need to increase the NOI. So increase the, uh, the income, decrease the expenses. So what did you do to it and, uh, and how much is it worth today?
0: So, uh, this is, I love this property because the value add opportunity was not actually fixing it up, which is the typical tradition of, you know, updating kitchens and doing all that. It was just mismanaged from the get go. So I think rents when I purchased it were like 700 bucks roughly per unit and within two months I had those up to 985 and now I'm getting it refinanced and I think it's going to be refinanced for a little over a million dollars and I've only had it for nine months, 10 months. What cap rate are you basing that off of? So we trade between uh, a six and a half and eight percent here in Cincinnati. So okay. recently, the last month or so, everything's been trading at eight. But prior to that, it was more on a six and a half. So I just put it at a seven.
2: Okay, all right, right in the middle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So, so when you're saying that you're raising the rents, you know, almost two hundred dollars, I'm guessing that you guys don't have any rent controls where you are. But correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know your market.
0: No rent controls.
2: That's that's uh, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> yeah. I, w- yeah. I won't lie because we um, so anything that's built and uh, and finished after November of 2018, that's that's exempt. But anything prior to that is uh, this year's 2.2 percent increase, which is, yeah. you know, not a whole lot if you think about it.
0: It doesn't go very far. So I I specifically only invest in areas where there's not rent control or, you know, uh, what do they call that, Uh, least stabilized control. And my focus is really like that blue collar workforce area um, in a good area. Cincinnati is a great market where we've invested a ton of money in the infrastructure. So I'm investing in a growing population where jobs are uh, popping up everywhere. So it allows me to be very flexible and be able to push rent up because I have people from all over the country coming in.
2: Okay, so it still has some of the fundamentals. What about
0: vacancy rate? um vacancy rate i i don't know everyone else's um i'm turning our units in three days so it's virtually okay, so there's like no 98%, there's barely any
2: vacancy so essentially you yeah. get one person moving out another one coming in
0: <laughs> yeah but we're we're but uh you know vacancy is the, your biggest expense or tenant turnover is your biggest expense and mm-hmm. we know that so i take a big precedence on getting in front of our tenants t- communicating with them letting them know what's going on so I almost, I usually get a 60 day, uh, advance notice on everything. So I'll have it already rented, uh, by the time they're ready to go. And I'll plan on having my guys, I give them about one day to go in, paint, clean it all up, do whatever they need to do. Um, so the, I'll have that new tenant coming in on like the second. So I'm trying to reduce the, my one biz, my biggest expense. I'm trying to reduce that and compress it as much. can.
2: That's awesome. Just out of curiosity. So if you have them come in on the second, are they paying for one day less for that month?
0: Yeah, I haven't prorated.
2: Okay, all right, good. And how does it work? Do you take first and last month's rent?
0: Nope. So we just do. Uh, so we just do a security deposit of one month's rent, and then they just pay through. Pay throughout.
2: Okay, all right. So yeah, no, it's it's quite interesting to see like the different different areas. Like a lot of the fundamentals and the basics of real estate investing is similar between probably, you know, globally. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's so many differences, especially when it comes to financing, legal stuff, tax, you know, implications It's completely different, like Canadian versus U S and, uh, and it is, you know, it's always so interesting to see like the different markets and what you, what your money takes, you know, where it goes and where, what it allows you to buy, Mm -hmm. um, in each market. So very cool. So what's next for you?
0: so right now we're really looking at expanding so uh, we're looking at getting into some bigger properties Uh, really our main focus is probably midwest overall and that could be cincinnati columbus cleveland indianapolis area but we're looking at probably in the 25 plus units being able to really expand that fast but the value add is really our bread and butter we have a great team that uh, can add value really quick Um, so we try to do that within 12 months and any investors that i bring in my goal is to have them paid back in full within eight within 18 months how are you finding your investors like where do you find them so um, i haven't really uh, it it started with my close circle um, because i wanted to make sure that that they trust me and they know and i could um, explain everything uh, that i was doing and then since then, it's just been word of mouth. So I do absolutely no advertising, no soliciting or anything like that. I just say, hey, if you enjoyed your experience with me and you thought I was transparent, you thought it was a good investment, would love to have you reinvest in the next property, but go tell a couple friends that you think it would be a good fit. I really like that because it's kind of a close knit group and it's important that. Your investors are the right investors, because so many times you don't want someone that's always nagging you um, or doesn't understand what you're doing and they're questioning you because that puts pressure on the operator. So I want them to be part of an intertwined group that knows exactly what I'm doing. Um, A lot of my investors are actually students that go through my course and know how I started and my complete story. So it's, it's a really good collaboration.
2: That's amazing. That's that's great. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can you can find JVs and there's different ways that you can set them up or, you know, get get money partners or do syndications. So it's uh, you got to find the right ones for you. Right. And not every single person is going to be the right fit. Like we have sometimes people that want a JV and I'm like, you know, you're, you probably want to be more hands on for this project than I would like or, you know, there's always going to be the right fit for the right person. Yeah, and I love working with people that do want to be hands on too. But like, there's just different properties and different types of things for for each, right? So
0: yeah, yeah, I'd say probably for every uh, every ten people that come to me that want to invest with me, I'll only let five in, Um, just because the other five, for whatever reason, I just don't think that there's a good fit. Or typically, they want to be really hands on. And right now, we have such a good team that's really like a well-oiled machine. I really, I don't want to mess that up because we have such a big goal. Um, my, my goal personally is to have a hundred million in assets by 2030, so we have a big goal to reach.
2: Very cool, awesome. Um, so the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So I'm gonna ask you a series of five questions. You're gonna give me the first answer that comes to mind. Ready? Okay,
1: let's do it. <laughs> and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
2: Hey guys, I just wanna take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single-family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite strategy, the Burr strategy, so he's well-versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting to the design, to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjackcontractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have. also reach out to him instagram which is at blackjack contracting inc and like he says he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives so when you have blackjack on your side the house always wins. I will also add that there is currently a ban as of April 4th on new permits. So he will still actively work to the law's extent and actively work with investors to get projects planned out for when the ban is lifted. So that way you're not necessarily waiting and waiting and waiting. So guys, hundred percent, I recommend blackjack contracting. I will say that finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the BRRRR strategy.
1: And now back to the show.
2: Question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever?
0: Um, I would have to say The Cash Flow Quadrant.
2: All right. Robert Kiyosaki, good book. Yeah.
0: Number two, your favorite podcast. My favorite podcast, I would say uh, Grant Cardone's real estate podcast.
2: All right. Question number three: What is your favorite pastime? What do you do for fun when you are not working or doing real estate?
0: So I am probably out playing with our dog. That's uh, we'll take him to the park, do whatever we got to do. Very cool. Do you still work full time, by the way? No. So I uh, I quit my W two job about a year ago. So okay. Now I do do some consulting, mostly startup healthcare consulting, just because I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It brings in a lot of challenges. Um, but I just do that part-time.
2: All right. Very cool. Question number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, which is in this day and time, I mean, not, not you personally, but it is probably more likely in this, Mm -hmm. uh, this uncertainty, how would you start again?
0: I I would probably start the exact same way. I start small, you build a great foundation, then you build off that foundation. You don't want to chew off, you know, bite off more than you can chew. So I would definitely just follow that same path of starting small, getting some good cash flow, redistributing that cash flow back into more property.
2: All right, awesome. And last question, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it?
0: The best way I think is to learn from someone that's doing what you're doing. So if that's JVing with them, if that's investing with them, or if that's just being, you know, using them as a mentor, most importantly, you want to learn from someone that's in in the shoes that you want to be in. Learn from their mistakes so you don't have to make them yourself.
2: All right. Great advice. If the listeners wanted to reach out
0: and know more about you, where can they go? Sure. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at djhumeofficial, or you can go to my website. It's djhumeofficial.com.
2: All right. Amazing. Any final last words of advice for the listeners?
0: With all this going on, there's all kinds of uh, confusion on what's going on. You need to make sure that you stay focused on what your goals are. If that's in real estate, stay focused on that. Um, Don't let all the outside noise get in the way of your goals because this is going to pass at some point. It might be a year. It might be five years, but we're going to keep living and we're going to move on from this. So you need to make sure that your life keeps moving as well.
2: Yeah, great advice. And I don't think it'll be five years, but one year is probably pretty, uh, you know, pretty up there. And again, no one has a crystal ball. Maybe it is five years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope not.
2: <laughs> you never know. On that note, thank you, DJ, for being on the podcast. And uh, thanks for sharing your knowledge and your
0: insights. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah.
2: Hey, guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? i know for me before i started i had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid but as i started my journey these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained what was actually stopping me was having a proven actionable repeatable system i didn't have that and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself learning listening and looking for ways that worked and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program called Rise and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment.